Bring back the bomb, what makes it so wrong? 
And we're here with another Bangover podcast uh, anniversary. <laughs> we're just going to do it like that. The Bangover podcast anniversary album review quotations. <laughs> we're not really reviewing. We're just listening and talking um, how much we love these things or how much we fell in love with it doing the research. Uh, today, as yes, as its title, we're doing Gwar, War Party. And I've been waiting <laughs> so long to do one Gwar album. Everyone always asks me, Scott, what's your favorite band? And I'll tell you right now, <laughs> it's gore. It's, it, it might not really be gore, but... Um, sorry, I'm having trouble with my headphones. It's falling out on me. Um, but gore is everything I love in a band, about a band. It's, um, it's fun. It's, they yeah. wear the costumes. They have this awesome backstory and history. And the music is fucking awesome. When you see their genre on some things, it will say like comedy, but mm -hmm. other times it will say thrash. And it definitely, this album. Well, they this had this evolution, album, and it's like. Their, their sound has changed, for sure. Definitely, like, you know, uh, even from like production. 30 years or plus doing this, right? Yeah. Starting in 1988 or 1984. I'm sorry. Ugh, get mixed up on my episodes. But uh, this album was released October 26. 2004, recorded in just 2004, let's just say it like that, by DRT Entertainment was the label, and the producers were Gore and Glenn Robinson. Now, we don't have nothing on Glenn Robinson. We kind of thought maybe that was like... Another Robinson? Like that was Ross's like first name <laughs> or middle name, and he's just done some producing work with like uh, Keith Richards and one other person, very small, don't yeah. even have a Wikipedia page. Um, it was a recorded at Rec Room in Richmond, Virginia, which where they're from, I believe. Oh yeah. So uh, it's done in uh, spring of two thousand four. It's when, when, and where it was recorded. And then uh, all, the only other credit I could find was from mastering from uh, by Howie Weinberg at Master Disc. And then uh, that's about it. So they produced it with uh, Glenn, and then don't have an engineer's name i don't have i mean gore is pretty much a group yeah like a huge group of like 15 to 20 people because you got to think about the changing members or not just them changing members throughout you know their legacy like uh costume always stays the same uh musician changes uh besides for dave brocky which it's kind of like his band but that's the best thing about gore Gore can go on after Dave Brocky's gone because these are masked figures and this this story that they made up, their mythos, it it, it will survive like past them. They you can know? write around past. the death. It's yeah. kinda like movies and stuff it's like so that. It's so good like, and it's so clever so, and it really just came out of nowhere. Um It's more storytelling than it is like I mean they took they they started with that storytelling element real strong. Music was kinda like there and even the production. You know, yeah. like it kind of like was, you know, it was there and it was more like stage kind of like held together, held together with like duct tape and, you know, shit like that. And now it's like a full on. Right. Getting a bigger, bigger, bigger stage, budget. They better sounds, better performance. Five like, gallons of blood yeah. at their first shows. Now they use up to 500 gallons of blood yeah. at their stage shows and just on high pressured hoses. And back then it was probably hooked up to like. Something you would spray like pesticide with, yeah. You know, you custom pump it, just, things psh, like yeah, a little just bit like of blood. horror movies. Like you're just kind of figuring out 
like early B movie, you're just like yeah. rigging something up to like work and look decent, half right. decent. And I mean, if you're gore, you're on stage, there's lights, it's dark. You can get away with a lot. You know, it's not uh, bright and just you can see every, all the they, seams. They, it's yeah, like they more, have a stage show yeah. as well, like a backdrop of yes. like uh, for their amps, for behind the drummer. It's to build the set, the scene where they're at yeah. in their each tour has a theme. Each mm-hmm. album has a theme for the tour the coming songs up. Have it's themes, pretty much all so made yeah. to it's very be theatrical. on the stage. Yeah, like all everything is planned. It kind of flows. I'm sure the story, like you say, like the story around the album, and then there's the story of the tour, and then there's even the story of the band itself, like what is going on if a member yeah. dies and stuff like that, and rotating. Oh, you know, totally so going like, to get into that. Yeah. yeah. But um, Gore, like I was saying, is like not just uh, these five people that are on this album, but we, we also have the person playing this executioner, the person playing uh, Techno Destructo. We have the slaves. We have mm-hmm. all these other characters that show up mm-hmm. throughout every Gore show. And even on albums, they'll show up and do like guest spots and like little skits in between because it's again every album's for the stage it's built for the stage show but they have a huge production like crew of people yeah they need people behind the scenes that are doing it so you don't really need like a whole fucking um well you don't need like a really big record label to get a war cd made Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's why they moved off metal blade yeah you know yeah because metal blade's probably um Wanting something different from them. And DR, uh, DRT is meant for like more of your touring musicians Metal Blade's that have pretty like an underground friendship. Yeah. Like, we're going to sign you, you're going to put these albums out, you're going to tour, you're going to play with other, you know, you're going to do the full press thing. Right, you go into like, a big studio, you work with a really good producer, and they're yeah. just like, whoa, that's not like war style, you know? And I could just imagine them being in character, talking to the record label, and the record label just being like, oh my God, these people. And they're like, yeah. war doesn't do things like that. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'll kill them all. And I just love when, um, oh my God, like interviews of Odorous, and they ask him about Dave Brocky. He doesn't, it's not Dave Brocky. Yeah. This is Odorous Horungus right yeah. now. And he talks about like, Dave Brocky being like one of the pit slaves and, He's been getting real mouthy lately, and if I was ever in the room with him, I would strangle him, but mm-hmm. he's a wily guy. And always talking about himself in the third person. And then it's, it's a the character's like when it's Dave Brocky, it's he talks as yeah. Dave Brocky. It's he even changes his voice when he puts on the costume, which he's a way different voice, a way different it, expression. He carries himself so different. I know probably doing it for 30 years. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, it's like comes. some Daniel Day Lewis type. You know, right? Jim Carrey yeah. type shit where you're taking Method the character, exactly, you're taking it and you're referring to me as this on set 24-7, I am this person for the whole production, at least, but with Gwar, it's not like, they're able to separate it sometimes, you know, when they're doing other personal things, but they're able to keep that character going. It'd be like as if, I don't know, like it, you can't compare it to acting because that's, it's so short, just one movie. Whereas Gore's like the album or in the band itself, like right. it's a continuous thing. So it's it's like acting to that next degree of or playing a character. 
if you want to do that, playing, you know, as actors like to refer, like, let's play. Yeah, they like have, they're, they're playing. They even have, like, like a, a well-planned out backstory. And, again, if anyone is lost in a battle and replaced, there's a reason, you know, there's the mm. story, like, if, you know, two of these people, like, two of the members on this album have passed away, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So the band still goes on. They retire characters. They talk about, like in the story of how they die how they, is, yeah. is ridiculous. We'll, we'll totally get into more of that in the second half of this. And because doing the research for this, uh, so much to talk about when it comes to war, the band, but this album, if we were just going to like really dive into the album itself, it's again, gore is not really about the technical side of going in and recording and stuff. Doesn't mean this ain't a great album from no. start to finish. This is one of my favorite well, fucking albums of all time. That, it's so good. That's why like, I kind of to that point of like, it was more, seems like the album, like music wise and even image and stuff, it was more focused on like that early on, not the music at first, like the right. sound, it's kind of more raw. Um, and then you get to this point in the career, which is like a few full links in. They've already been on this major label. They are now doing kind of DIY themselves in a sense this first time. And for 2002 or four, it's pretty good sounding as far as like of their albums, like their sound. It's like some Pantera shit where it just keeps getting better and better. Like, it is. Yeah. Like That's the good way drums are really clear. Every, you can hear everything. Uh, all the, riffs, all the toms, Ooh. the panning of the toms is real clear. You have the the guitars is the one thing where they're like they're panned really well, and they I can hear what each guitar is doing. But I like I well, I guess for two thousand four, I would uh, they're taking their tone more for like that kind of thrashier. It's like more yeah. crunchy. Yeah. Whereas like for that time, I, I think there was it was more like you know sharp. That's kind of what was starting to rise that like digital tone did you know it's around that that time you know what i mean i see what you're saying yeah so like um just a lot of solid estate type of stuff but it sounds like they're still using you know tube amps and it's real crunchy it's real like thrashy um and then compared to the last album which sounds like an overkill album because the bass is in your face. Like it is just so clean, like clinky that oh, like I know what clink- you're talking about. Yeah. It, the whole thing, it is just, it's there. You can it's so pronounced almost like almost to a detriment in some parts of the song. Uh, this one, the bass is mixed in really nice. It's, it's not too much. It's not overpowering. The tone isn't too like dry or that kind of chimey sound. It's like really thick in there i can hear it separate from the two guitars that are real panned and then the voice they do they do really interesting stuff with doubling on certain parts and it's then he's just kind of talking or doing his thing the the singing or explaining the story or what's happening and then whenever like a chorus or a uh uh I don't know. He'll do a doubling effect, and sometimes they're not even the same performance. It's a little bit off, so you can you can hear it's two performances, but True. it's the same thing. Odorous has a lot of different types of voices, mm-hmm. um, just octaves that he uses. But everyone on this album, besides for the drummer, sings. So like, mm-hmm. both guitar players do backup. The mm-hmm. bass player does backup. You can hear them in like certain parts of the song where it's like, oh, that's definitely mm-hmm. someone else in the band. You know what I mean? And um, 
just um I don't know I I find all these songs like super clever and if you were saying anything about the sound um the fucking drums man those are just fucking yeah cut straight through they're probably the loudest thing in the mix almost at times yeah yeah the the previous album does sound good when it comes to like the drums like they're real like I would even say the the kick does like it just got better with this one like it sounded yeah. pretty good this one's definitely better like more pronounced and it's just more clear and then like even like with again the 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 way the kick sounds but then also the toms and how they're like they're real clear in the panning of it like i can hear when he's over here i can hear him go clearly across it's not buried yeah in the mix like i can hear the fill it's very standard thrash metal kind of mixing because the drums are super pronounced you mm-hmm. know and, and metal especially metal um it's just kind of like that's kind of the most insane parts of a metal band is the fucking drums and what they have to do to keep up with these different time signature changes Mm -hmm. and uh sections going in between this guy fucking slays dude fucking oh my god uh brad robinson Mm -hmm. just fucking i wanted to find more things that he was in because his drum style is I don't know, so fascinating to me and it's so unique where I don't really hear too many people play like this where it kind of like he just lets off on the, he lets his right hand off. He's not using his right hand to keep time. It's like everything else is already keeping time. He's very jazz-y in a way, you know what I mean? He's he's very picking his, his spots and it all sounds complicated, but at the same time, he's very well placed. Well, that I think that compli- it does sound real complicated. And then in me just trying to think of like even the guitars, and maybe maybe it's not complicated tech. Like I guess it, it kind of is. They're doing like some early stuff that would like be kind of you could say it's like a kind of death metally. You know, like that first song, the way that lick <clears throat> that we yeah. were talking about. So it's like, but it. They're doing stuff like that and then doing unique things like on the next song we're going to get to where you have this like whammy bar trick that's going to be doing like, you know, and that's of the of the time. That's like what Virtuoso's, you know, your uh, Joe Satriani's and your Steve Vai's. These are like things they're doing live to like wow the audience in a way and add to the song. It's more for show. You know, it does sound really cool. Of course, but yeah. It's, it's like, like it hits your ears, and yeah. you're like, "Whoa!" And I think like that's kind of Gore's thing. And even with the drums, he's he's got he has to do unique and different things, but keep it cool. But he has to because that's the facade of Gore's. We're the best band ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Our so, sound will kill you. Exactly. So even the <laughs> guitars, they need to do crazy shit that of the time is like, "Whoa!" You know, they need to wow you with the music as as well with the visuals. I think they're getting to that with stuff like this, this type of album where you're like, listen, like you can listen to it and be like, damn, they're doing some complicated shit or yeah. it sounds really cool. And then you see it live and you're like, whoa, it sounds complicated and it looks crazy. Yeah. And they're doing all this wearing costumes. Yeah. <laughs> like for over an hour on stage. It's, it's just, it's a, wow. it's a, that progression we're talking about. It's reach. It's, it's getting to that. They don't point, get enough yeah. credit for being amazing musicians. They really are just incredible musicians all around. Like, it's always their look, their persona, and the stage show that everyone always thinks of. But it's like, 
you ever listen to those songs? They're like astonishing. So good. They're amazing. They're just, like, to, they're totally just not, uh, <laughs> you just can't market them. That's the yeah, only problem. It's, it's always the lyrics, right? It's always the lyrics I that kind of make a gore no, song kind of weird. It's, no? No. You I think mean, it's the sound too? No, it's the, the image. You can't. Well, mar- yeah, the image. But like, it, like taking can't. off the costumes, right? And just being a band. These songs still kill. They would kill, but yes, I think uh, also though you'd start to get to where like I don't know. Be it, it, then at that point you become just mixed in with all the other bands that are yeah. technically guess, proficient. Yeah, it would really lose everything about it. In my you mind. need yeah. the 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 image to match the music. I totally agree. Like because if you lost the image, before, then you just yeah. blend in with everyone else that's doing crazy shit like that. That was the first thing that attracted me to Gore was knowing about those live stage shows that they dressed up in these costumes yeah. and then they were going to spray blood on the you entire crowd. You wear your crowd. white, white yeah. shirt to a Gore show. Yeah. My first Gore show, I didn't even really know any Gore songs and it was one of the best shows I've ever been to. So the original Emos right there on Six mm-hmm. and Red River. And I went by myself, one of the first shows I ever went by myself and crazy as fuck, man. It was like, it was like being in hell with being so dark, so many people. That place was packed, man. And they had plastic covering everything, well, and it was just what, dripping was blood I off mean, the this, ceiling. Like, it was like being in hell with this crowd yeah. of people and these flashing lights and this band on stage butchering people with blood everywhere. It was like being in hell. And the tour was called uh, Beyond Hell mm-hmm. for the album, I believe, right after this one or two after this one, something like that. But, um, well, I mean, awesome. you speak to it's just like that. At that point, Gore's got this like cult sort of persona thing. Where, yeah. Like, I mean, you go to a Gore show, even if you don't know, like, you, it's any this songs. type or, yeah. or them. It's like, really, you, they you, don't have any singles off this album. And it's like, who cares? Gore's going on tour. You bring, you, know I mean? the, you bring your friend who's never heard Gore because you're just like, dude, it's going to be crazy. You, yeah. You know, and they've never, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you're not going to stand there and be like, I don't know any of these songs. You're going to be like, holy shit, this exactly. is insane. Yeah. You don't need to know the songs to go to a Gore show and have a good time. They're also not a festival band, so you can't market them like that. You can't put them on well, a festival I bill. did see them at Fun Fun Fun. But, I mean, how much fun is that compared to the emo show? You know, the outside where it's like... True. It was still really good. Like, it didn't lose any of its energy. Plus, they said they were like... I said this before on the podcast where they were like... The second to last band, they were like, we're going to play one more song. And they I ended just, up... They just kept playing and playing. They did like four. Yeah. And Bad Religion was just... I mean, pissed. I mean, imagine though like... Insanely pissed. That's just the like, type yeah, of band you, you need. Is Even if you were at, let's say, the new emos, it still would be really cool if you're in the back. But if you're like any further back than that it kind of just loses the thing like even at fun 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 if you're well, in the back a stadium watching, or amphitheater right an amphitheater w- that would kind of suck because i guess you get to see everything going on on stage but you're not going to get the whole experience of getting covered in blood shit even you know, that it's just even when sperm, you're further back it's like vomit piss and i don't know it just kind of like you're just seeing everything on the screen because yeah I don't, that I don't would have be eagle no vision i yeah. can't like Gore's not even that type of band where they're like super big. Like, but I exactly. Would, could you call them B class? I don't even know. They're. I guess they would call. It, they would probably Dude, be like we're the Z I think class. You know. It just goes to that point where they, they might be. They're just that at that point where they can't. They've reached 
I don't want to say the ceiling because they could break it. It's, I mean, but it's but the just cult like, followings. It's gonna make you live on forever. Sure. Yeah, and but everyone knows who Gore is yes. because of the stage show. Yeah. You know, they still have this like well-known. Yeah. You know, that's why it can continue. You know what I mean? And even just the genius of making it a thing where it can continue with characters. Yeah. Like that's keep on going. You could go forever with it. But even with that, like in say twenty years, I don't see Gore headlining. No, ACL. No. You know what but I just mean. Keep it in those small clubs. Yeah, you're right. Like in a small venue in your personal, like that was that place yes. you have in town. Every city has one. This yeah. kind of big metal venue. Not really, but they'll Decent get these size, acts. Right, yeah. they'll get these type of acts. They're not gonna get Slayer to come and play at this small. Venue, but they're gonna, they can get gore, you know? Mm-hmm. They can get something like Atomic Bitch Witch or just in that vein of like goat whore and, you know what I mean? Like, uh, come and take Pig it. Destroyer, you know, those are all That's gonna like find that line. That type of you know venue. I mean? Yeah. I mean, we, you'll find a- that line right there, you know? Something like a mohawk too, outside. If that's, if they, like an outside but small, like a mohawk or, um, I'm trying to think of what's another good outside venue here. That's kind of like relatively small. I mean, well, you got Mohawk. That'd be a perfect place. You know, well, what did I? Yeah, what did I? Mohawk, say? come and take it. Okay, that's the. I answer, could even yeah. see that Lostwell, to be honest. Yeah, I haven't been to Barracuda. I don't know. I don't how know if they could is. fit on that Lostwell stage. I've seen them fit on smaller stages. So yeah. Gore figures it out. Figures yeah. it out. But you even know what I mean? th- that said, like. Abandoned movie theater I saw him at once. That was pretty cool. Their show fits an intimate setting more than... Yeah, something really, really big. Yeah. But, man, when Gore shows up, I I swear to God, I've never paid more than $15 for a Gore ticket. They never ask for much. Their merch is always pretty fucking cheap. It's it's really, like you said, DIY for the fans, you know, for the people. It's like... They know they're not getting rich off of this, but they know this is something they truly love. And if they can make enough money to go back in, make another album, go back on tour, that's it makes it all worthwhile. Just, yeah, you know af- what I mean? Afford the props, like, or the, you know, if it all just can kind of like yeah. pay for itself, then you can keep it going. And like all the people you have to pay, the production side of it—that's when it just becomes like, oh my, this isn't just the music. This is a production. It is a band of people. You got to pay them. You got to get your shit re-upped and like True. stock up again yeah. on the blood, stock up again on all the shit Whatever we, rip, broke. we ripped apart yeah. or broke, you know, and that's not even just music shit. Like, oh, my amp broke. No, the Hillary Clinton doll we had is broken. Now we got to figure out a new one. You know what I mean? It's like that type of shit. So fucking prop and stage yeah, guys. Yeah. Like just a fucking whole, costume designers on the road. A whole second makeup. crew just for that. Like a whole van, a whole fucking fleet just for that. So fucking awesome. Yeah. I fucking love Gore. When's the first time you ever heard Gore? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just going to say their name like 50 more times. Uh, Gore. 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 <laughs> I honestly Gore. don't know. It was probably just around the time of like everybody was getting into like if you, green if, jello. Yeah, and if you're into and metal, like you're going to hear about Gore eventually. Yeah. Right? They, they'll pop up. Uh, popped up in um, everybody in our crew was like listening popular to Green culture, Jello, you know, Green Jelly, and like went to that show and like I don't remember when. Yeah, it was. I remember everyone not being of age, not getting was, uh, into the because show because it was twenty one and up, and it was a free show. Yeah. 
so I was the only one. I think yeah. it was like 22. I was like, well, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> and you guys just sat outside the door. I didn't go to that. But oh, I you heard didn't the go? Stories. Everyone yeah. was just looking like from the outside of the door, like because they couldn't go inside, was just looking in like all of our friends. And then since that venue was so small because it was a Creekside Lounge, which was right next to Empire Automotive, right across the street from mm-hmm. Red 7, uh, they would get dressed on their van into their costume changes and come out and go through the front door to get on stage. So they were the they would pass right by them. Mm. Every song they had a different costume change. And Green Jelly is it is a war type band. Uh, a lot of people I've heard the story of uh, Green Jelly didn't start until or Green Jello, however you Whatever, want to fucking yeah. say it, um, didn't start until they met Gore. And I thought it had members of Gore in it. So Green Jello has over 300 members. Okay. And I talked to the singer and I asked him about it. I was like, come on. You know, it was like, you just making up these numbers. He was like, well, but it's hard to keep count, but it's something like that. Um, D- uh, Danny Carey from Tool, the drummer. Jesus. He was in Green Jello. Like, so you could see, like, just these are people from bands at the time in the, like, around you, them that just I mean, come in, play a song. Like Desert Sessions, but at least they kind play of, live. Because yeah. you could say Desert Sessions probably has about 100 it, And they were, they were a music video band, which they were just like, Gore. Gore is like a, a live band that goes and makes albums about their live stuff. Uh, Green Jello makes live music videos and then makes an album about the live music videos. Kind of the same concepts, mm-hmm. but different. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what they do. They make music videos. But they, t- they did they'll take They'll put whatever the, like, they did on the music video onto an album. Yeah, but not vice versa. You know yeah. What I mean? They just took that stage show comedy yeah. type music in with an act, you know, yeah, uh, audience interaction. They took, they really they, do, they, yeah. they took that. No blood, but they do other things like yeah. um, the uh, puppet head mosh pit. They'll get people in the crowd to wear these giant like puppet heads and mosh with them, and it's just crazy as fuck, dude. Because yeah. they're huge, and <laughs> fucking, you get hit the wrong way, you're falling over, fucking all top heavy and shit. So yeah, they it's, that's that's an example of you know, I don't know if it's quite the same where it would live on. I mean, I guess so with 300 members, where like in 20 years you'll still have. Green Jello, Green Jello comes and goes. Albums. Green yeah. Jelly comes and goes. A uh, funny story about that is that fuck, it's just like Coca Cola. Like we all call things like this. You know what I mean? We all we some people call all soda Coke. Yeah. I'll have a Coke. You know. Uh, same thing with Jello. Like so, Jello is J E L L. Like the gelatin company. You know. Yeah, yeah. So they sued the fuck out of them because that they name. invented that spelling. They invented that word. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then so they just. Put the Y the with the acronyms. Yeah. It still says O. If you, it's all. Of, I I could not believe. <laughs> but it's like seriously, it's so dumb. Um, how about we get into the next song then? For sure. Because a... uh, this album, god damn it, like we'll just go in order right now because these first three songs fucking kill. This entire album kills. But these first three are like, would I would I go in? to in practice like on my pads my double kick pad just try to get down these <laughs> these patterns these fucking oh it's so so good it just makes me want to rage so this is crostica squastica no. <laughs> Beaming his palace, to often we shove it in the 
Again, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at Bangover Productions. Bangover, one word. <laughs> you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, post some of our live videos of our gigs that we have with uh, local bands and... Other interviews. Other interviews, yeah. Stop doing these because, you know, this is more of the audio thing. Maybe we'll get to a video thing here in the future. But as always, I'm Scott Allen, and this is Chris Myers with mm-hmm. us. As always... And um, let's get into like a little bit of the backstory of Gwar. Um, 
like I said before, or is like a group of people like under the um, the slave pit, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of like the name of their production company, if you will, and uh, pretty much just meeting in uh, college and at this weird practice spot in Virginia, where it was like a a bottling plant, like hmm. a dairy bottling plant, and they had practice rooms that they would rent out for art students, musicians, and stuff like that. First band that uh, Dave Brocky had was Death Piggy. And Death Piggy happened to share a practice space with uh, the Slave Pit, which is just this, these guys that were trying to make a local movie uh, called Scum Dogs of the Universe. And it was going to be like this pirate space theme movie, Scum Dogs of the Universe. Mm. And then they just had an idea because, I don't know, just having fun with music and just being fucking seeing all these stage props everywhere in these costumes, Dave had an idea, like, what if we made up this band called Gua and have them open up for Death Piggy? And they would wear costumes and just play, like, kind of prank songs and stuff like that. And after a while, uh, people started showing up for Gwar more mm. than Death Piggy, like, l- pretty much leaving after Gwar played. And so they just, you know, shortened the name because if you see the full name, have you seen it? Can you read that? Oh, my God. That's how I'm going to post it. No. Yeah, just pretty much just shortened it to war. And um, started doing that full time. Started wearing the costumes. That's how it all started. It's a bunch of musicians and art students that got together and created this idea and this insane backstory of war being... Literally, I break it down in layman's terms because it, it's long and complicated. And I wish uh, I was a better reader because you can watch, you can see interviews of him describing gore. Oh in my the, god, the best so ways. many good so, YouTube yeah. videos of gore and interviews and oh, so yeah. many things. But um, coming down here, millions of years ago during the ice ages, uh, fucking all the apes that were here helped created mankind from them fucking all these apes, and then they get trapped and frozen in time and only to be released by their manager sleazy which just happened to stumble upon this ice cave and found gore trapped inside and gore would have killed them or would have killed him and eaten him but it's this is all in this movie i saw it was so <laughs> fucking ridiculous but he dropped his cocaine and they were like what's this and they start eating the cocaine so and the idea, uh, sleazy, sleazy <laughs> keeps them like induced with drugs to keep control over Gwar, to use them to his will and his power. But Gwar is always, Gwar is the destroyer of this world. You know, like Gwar is the greatest, the biggest, <laughs> the baddest band of all time. And oh my God, such, such a fucking great backstory. Just like getting thought out in the eighties, mm-hmm. you know, and then Gwar starts, you know. And coming from the planet Scumdog, uh, they just take this idea of this movie and the idea of the band and slam it together and then start coming up with the backstories of each individual member. And, oh, my God, it, it's so awesome and crazy. Um, if we could just start off with the people that are just on this album, right? Mm-hmm. So let's start off with Dave Brocky. Uh, Dave Rocky is the lead vocalist. If, if you don't know that, I don't know why you're listening to this episode. Go listen to some gore. Oh, my God. Um, what, there's so much to say about him. Uh, one of my favorite musicians. He passed away in 2014. Uh, 
insane. There was a song off of uh, Beyond Hell, and it's called um, the the Ultimate Broham. And in the lyrics, he says, "I'm gonna die at 50 in my room, like alone." He died on his birthday at 50 years old, alone in his room. Like literally what he said in that song is literally how he died. It is fucking kind of spooky. It was one of the most tragic things I've ever heard because I knew a war show was never going to be the same again live. Like I know that's kind of just thinking about myself. Like I'm never going to get war, but also like the albums were so good. Mm-hmm. The last album, Battle uh, Battle Maximus, oh, it's one of my favorite. It came out in 2016. It's or a... Uh, Whenever I'm just losing my mind because I'm just so passionate and such a big fan of Dave Brocky and all of his projects, to be honest. I listen to it all of Gore just being my favorite. But um, his whole backstory is being 50 billion years old. <laughs> and again, like, please go and check out like interviews with uh, Odorous Harungus. Like, not Dave Brocky, do, do an interview with Odorous Harungus and he'll just say the craziest shit to like questions and just totally in character the entire hmm. time. But he was born on a planet called Scumdog or assembled, if you will, after finding pieces of his moldy armor around the galaxy and being reassembled. And his only true companion in his is his cuttlefish, oh which is God. his giant, giant penis. If you've ever seen Gore play, that's kind of yeah. the last prop of every show is the, Sperm, the Kulu you know, Kitatlefish, yeah. yeah. It's, oh my God, so many great stories just about his dick, really. Like a whole backstory about that. And then we can get on with a little bit more. Um, Dave Smooch, which is Phineas Maximus. Did I say that right? Corey Smooch? Corey Smooch? Corey Smooch, Flattis. Flattis, my bad. Flattis, Flattis Maximus. Uh, lead guitar on this one, uh, backing vocals, rhythm guitar as well. These are just what he's credited on the album. Uh, do you have his little backstory pulled up? Mm-mm. So his is kind of like uh, a little bit more vague. They're not really sure where he came from, but he always talks with like a redneck ac- a redneck accent, and he's kind of like a little retarded. <laughs> he's illiterate, and they think he thinks he comes from this place called uh, fuck I. Can't remember what it's called, but it's a whole world filled with marijuana. Yeah. It's a cannabis planet. Are you seeing it right now? The name of the planet was called uh, Pot. (laughs) Planet Pot. Yeah. (laughs) And that he destroyed his planet by smoking all of the weed. And he's just kind of like known for being like this. What what does it say at the end? He's he's kind of like dumb, but it's like... makes his uh, guitar style that explosive. <laughs> yeah. Like his yeah, yeah his, his redneck twang and his just his ability to smoke so much weed. It's oh my god. And he has atomic flat chewlins. So yeah. atomic farts. And this is all just some of this was like created like right on the spot to where it's like these backstories are getting just kind of curated as they go and are put on the spot to come up with stuff. You know what I mean? Like just being asked and whatever is on the top of their fucking head, just being in character and go with it. Um, a couple others. Let's go with a uh, ball sack jaws of death, which is Mike Dirk kids. Dark kids. Mike Dirks. 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 <laughs> 
Uh, ball sack, jaws of the death. Um, ball sack, the jaws of death. Oh, man, I'm fucking this up right now. Um, but uh, rhythm guitar player, backing vocals. Uh, they said, like, I didn't realize this, but his jaw set, right, is a bear trap. I didn't even realize that. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know it was, like, specifically a bear trap, but it looks like that. Yeah, um, some of these backstories, they don't get, like... They're kind of hard to get really into because, again, they're just made up on the spot. Um, talk about how many different peoples have played this character, how many different musicians. Oh, my God. But um, I really got nothing for him. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, it was his face was a bear trap, and he wields a giant axe. Uh, I love it. Balsack is just one of the coolest um, core members in my opinion. Um, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like Odorous always refers to him. Uh, every time I see, like, it's usually them together, like, hanging out in a lot of, like, uh, interviews. I saw them on an episode of Oddities together, right? Mm. You remember that show, Oddities? Yeah. Like, on fucking Discovery, and, you know, comes in to try to find something weird to inspire them for the stage show and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they were like, how do we really know you're in gore? And then, like, camera flips, and they're in the costumes, you know, just being ridiculous. Um, fucking love Balsack. He has this, like, microphone built into his helmet. I didn't even realize that for his vocal parts mm. on live stage. Oh, my God. So good. And then we get to uh, Tom Evans, which is Beefcake the Mighty, bass player, guitar player. Um Backing vocals, lead vocals on the bonus plan. And uh, his, his backstory was they found him stretching out <laughs> dinosaur guts between the Grand Canyon to create music. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to get to Brad Roberts, which is Jizz uh, uh, Mac Doug Gush, Gusha, drummer. And... Um, so after their first drummer died in battle, right, he got, like, obliterated. <laughs> uh, they found this guy, or a Jizmac, frozen next to their headquarters in ice and thawed him out. And he comes from a, a dog or pretty much a dog planet where, like, Frisbees run free and fucking he's, he's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> and he wields a giant hammer. <laughs> but, yeah, just, like. Oh, our drummer died, but we found this creature that was frozen right next to where we crash landed. So uh, we thawed him out, and he became our new drummer. That fucking easy. Um, the lineup has changed multiple times throughout Gore. Um, Dave Brocky actually started off uh, playing guitar, and they had two prior singers before they quit, before he just took over the vocal parts. Mm. And even... <laughs> and like I said... They will tell the story so much better if you just listen to them do it because they're really in character as they tell these stories. Saying like, well, I was the only one that knew ly the lyrics, so I got the job, you know? Like, that's why he became the lead singer. And then just switching out, you know, uh, I believe Beefcake the Mighty used to be the guitar player and uh, Phidias Maximus or... Uh, Flattus? No, not Flattus, uh, Ballsack was a bass player and just flipping it around um, after like the first album or something like that. But um, 
again, please go check out their YouTube page. Like, just their gore YouTube page is one of huh. one of like my top five YouTube pages I watch all the time. I don't know what it is. They just always have videos still to this day where they just. If war had YouTube back then or the internet, could oh you imagine? God, yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. Right? Oh my god, so good. Um, what do you think about that song? That one we just played. Yeah, yeah. that was the one I was referring to. That uh, I mean, it's more like it's really a showboaty type song, but it. I mean, even to the extent like reading about it, they still play it live. Like that's the song they open with. They mention it on the album that's after this one. Like it's it became a staple because of how like flashy it type it is. And like a good song to definitely start a set with. Good song to just kinda like keep in your catalog. Even, you know. Yeah. To, to um, this day, so pretty much like that's uh this like you uh, we were talking about earlier, uh before we started this, their most political album, right? Yeah. Uh, by far, 2004, <laughs> this is the Bush time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even yeah, yeah. it's like a fictional, because everything's about war. It's like, you know, this right. fictional Bring war back the party. Bombs. Yeah. Yes. They uh, created the this. The war party. I, yeah. I didn't even think about it like that, as that they are this made up political party called mm-hmm. the war party. Yeah. And pretty much uh, will just be on anyone's side that has to do with war or death, like they want total destruction over the world. So they're total right wings to the point to where the right wings should be embarrassed that they're on their side, you know, <laughs> like so fucking right wing to the extent, like really playing into the, just being this alien dominating race that mm-hmm. wants to destroy the world. Uh, the song Krostika is so great. Uh, two great hates that hate great together. Like that is so clever. Jaking, you know, the Nazi uh, fucking swastika and the Christian cross and putting it together. Uh, oh, my God. Like, really kind of uh, clever lyrics. And even though, like, a lot of it's about, like, I'm going to kill and eat babies sometimes, <laughs> you yeah. know. But in there, there's some, like, actual clever things, um, real political uh, statements that are just, you know, fucking well thought out. For being a band that sprays blood on people, I mean, don't you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I... And the song title alone, you know? Yeah, the themes and stuff, they're a little bit more... Like you say, they they smartly wrote it into the character of like what, of the character in the bands, you know, or the characters of the band and how everything's just playing into what's happening in real life. Right, and yeah. I'm sure this is like... They make this album, The War Party... And go on tour to, like, <laughs> kind of, like, how would I say, like, campaign? Hmm. Like, as a political campaign tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, like, a music tour, but more, like, to get people to sign on. To the war party. <laughs> to the war party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of, like, the smartest fucking thing ever. Um, and they're probably, this is around the time they're probably bringing out, like, all these political figures of that time. Your George Bushes and your Dick Cheney's or oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, so those are like yeah. prominent around this tour. Oh, uh, Krostika, fucking. So it's a double sided, like one side is Jesus mm-hmm. and the other side is Hitler. And it just, he keeps flipping around, flipping around. 
and they rip them. They rip them all. <laughs> they rip it both of our. Um, oh my God! There's there's so many um, war, like just fun little fact things to where um, you know that show Red Eye on Fox. Odorous used to be on it all the time because uh, the guy that was the host of the show was a musician and just a fucking war fan. So Odorous would always be on the fucking show, Red Eye. Like, he did fucking five episodes or something, which is just a nonsense Fox News show where people are yelling at each other and talking about dumb fucking, um, you know, topics and stuff like that. Um, But he got kicked off the show because of that Sarah Palin prop, ripping apart Sarah Palin on stage. Mm. And then some of the higher-ups like got a Google alert on it or something and then asked the host. And then, <laughs> and then the host was like, wait, did you guys really like kill Sarah Palin like on stage? He's like, yeah, man. And we killed like pretty much every fucking president ever since Reagan and up. You know, it's like, yeah. so it's like, so what? You, yeah. of course you knew we were doing this. Oh, my God. So I can't believe that's why I got kicked off of Red Eye because that Sarah Palin thing. That's one of my favorite ones because I love it when um, someone's like in the actual costume. So it's like their arms and real head, but the body is all like a prosthetic. So them just ripping themselves apart in a way because... Since then they're still moving. Yeah, they still have real human reactions and stuff like that. So it's one of my favorite fucking props for sure. Um... Every song on this has a fucking prop that's going to come out, get slain, and spray blood on you. Mm-hmm. Every fucking song. You know, so everything that they've ever done is is a fucking theme. I think when I saw them the first time, it was intergalactic wrestling. Oh. Yeah. And they were going around of like uh, rematching all their fucking old opponents or something like that. So you had the Sexecutioner there and fucking Techno Destructo. And... I fucking, it's so funny because they're so macho and they're gore, yeah. you know, but gore is always there to like kind of make fun of themselves in a lot of the ways or like lose the fight at times on stage. It's, it's wrestling, you know, it's like WWF. It's fucking wrestling. Mm-hmm. You ever seen gore live? No. No? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're coming here in a couple months. We're going. Oh, we're going. Get ready. All right. Yeah. Because, um. Even though uh, Dave is not with us, uh, Corey Smoot uh, is not with us, uh, we still have fantastic people, I believe. One of their original bass players, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, Mm -hmm. came back in and um, uh, took over the vocal position for him. And he's uh, actually a fucking music teacher at a university in Virginia. Hmm. It's fucking... That's cool. Yeah, I mean, these are... These are intellectual people. These are smart, intelligent people that go on stage and play like this fucking insane character. And just, you know, how fun would that be? Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to be in a band like this. I would love to do something in this fashion, you know, just have kind of a stage prop gimmick in some ways. We're just making, making a show like super big and entertaining. More so than just a couple of guys on stage, I guess. You know? Yeah. When we do it here on the local extent, well, you do we try with, to... You do it with Sex Cult. We do it with Sex Cult, but I'd say like <laughs> our band, Flooded Tunes, we try to do it with the sound that we portray. Like what's coming out of our amps yeah. is I mean, more so just trying show, to make you feel, yeah. That's the Sex Cult thing. That's the Sex Cult way. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get to the extent of like this huge production uh, one day. 
in some band at one point. It's this these are these are the bands why I love music. Like yeah. or came into metal. It's like because I love horror and theatrics and god damn, I can't even tell you like how much I dream <laughs> when I was a kid of being in like fucking one of those bands like Motley Crue or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. I can go on forever uh, and ever about that. But we're definitely going to go see Gwar, my friend. And, um, dude, uh, so just before we go to the next song, I just wanted to bring up some of the bands that were on that record label, uh, DRT Entertainment. And so, like I said, they're kind of like a bunch of musicians that came together to create a label for artists by artists, right? Mm-hmm. That's their motto. So they kind of just get a lot of touring bands. No one that's going to have like a hit single or anyone like that. So bands that are just a cult following. And when you go on tour, you know people are going to show up. So some of the bands are, here we go, Clutch, <laughs> Fu Manchu, Paramount 5000, mm. obviously Gore. But this is the one I wanted to tell you. Uh, John Wesley Harden. Does that name kind of sound familiar to you? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, because in our old band, Gorehound, which is kind of like a gore-type band where we talk about like horror and stuff and violence, and it was all supposed to be the name fucking Gorehound. She gave it away. Um, our singer's name was Jacob Harden, and his great-great-grandfather was John Wesley Harden, who was an outlaw here in Texas. And There's we always guy. talked about huh? that or, like, made up uh, stupid band names using that. Or, you know, I think one of our songs was actually about him. I think it was uh, our song Desperado, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of weird that there is a band called John Wesley Harden out there. <laughs> and I would love to talk to Jacob about that. Because <laughs> I was like, what? No way. And yeah, we kind of we kind of had that gore thing going on with Gorehound at times, you know. We're we're talking about horror movies. We're clipping in uh, clips from horror movies, you know, like recordings and just everything yeah. had to be about blood and violence and monsters and craziness. Um, I fucking another reason why I just fucking love gore so much because it was like. I remember listening to Gore and I was like, that's everything I've ever wanted to be as a band. Like taking horror and heavy metal and putting them together in the best ways. You know, like, yeah, we have Rub Zombie and there's other bands like that, but this is my favorite horror, you know. Plus, it's funny as well. It's, it's always, yeah. it's never serious. It's never super serious. And the if anyone gets mad it at it, rotating you know, with stuff, so. I guess killing like a, a fake baby on stage can be kind of. <laughs> yeah. You think? Uh, no, I don't think so. I find it entertaining as fuck. Well, uh, let's get into our third song. Which is. Worm. Worm with a view. Breeding side 
Every song I ever pick on this podcast is like a fucking two and a half minute song. I'm like, that one's my favorite. And they're like, it's almost over. I was like, oh, oh, shit. I didn't. Well, uh, I, I never like really. getting into it and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. It's, oh, um, we're back. We're back. Oh, <laughs> um, Dude, when it comes to gore, there's so many little like fun little facts, right? Or just things I can just tell you about that you should probably just go look up. If you have never seen them, have you ever seen their clip with uh, them on Jerry Springer? Or did you ever yeah, see that episode of Jerry Springer? Yeah. Did you see the entire episode, like back in the day or something? I mean, it's like El Duce and the Manadors were on it yeah, as well. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. I probably have, if not seen, just big chunks. Or just the clip. Yeah. It's kind of a famous clip, yeah. And the El Duce. Fucking gore. Fucking great, dude. And um, even having like Jerry Springer coming out on stage and feeding him to the worm, uh, the world maggot is fucking so great because even Jerry Springer likes to have fun. You know, even mm-hmm. Jerry Springer likes to get down. Another fun fact was, um, war became like, like kind of more mainstream or kind of got a really big push from, uh, Beavis and Butthead and kind of just having a friend of a friend that was like, uh, you know, a Judd, Apatow? Mike Judd. Mike Judd. <laughs> I get them fucking confused. <laughs> Mike Judd uh, just needed a band, a crazy band for Beavis and Butthead to like kind of love, like their band, you mm-hmm. know? And one of his friends was like, I fucking, I know a crazy fucking band. And, it, you know, War was fucking really pushed that hard that day. Their like whole introduction into uh, Beavis and Butthead, yeah. you know, back in the 90s, which um, you saw War everywhere after that, you know? Uh, popping up in movies like uh, Empire Records. Uh, like we said on that past episode, fucking Hardwire. Mm-hmm. But it's war in the background, but ministry playing 
over them. So just totally got that song wrong. It's war playing, but it's a ministry song that you're actually hearing mm. in the movie. Hardwire. Yeah. That movie was sued anyways because it totally ripped off on a fucking graphic novel. (laughs) Fucking, uh, if you've never seen those videos, totally go look them up. Uh, YouTube, go down that rabbit hole when it comes to war. Um, Another one was uh, the story of them getting arrested in Charlottesville. And, oh my God, dude, how many times do we hear stories about, especially in the early 90s, about bands coming through like Charlottesville? Like I've heard... um, body count do a fucking song about it or just come out and say some shit like you go fucking you can go suck a goddamn dick (laughs) it's Uh like um he got arrested for suspicion of drugs i heard the same story from marilyn manson it was in his fucking uh his book and um obviously they probably did have drugs (laughs) this (laughs) is war but they uh fucking confiscated his uh, cock his cthulhu Mm. his cock cthulhu yeah and some say it's still out there. It's yeah. In a, it's been seen in Australia. In an evidence room somewhere. Or no, it's out. It's getting bigger. Yeah. Oh. Fucking the Mariana Trench. It's coming to ginormous size, like Godzilla type sizes. You know, some say like um, there could be an entire tour just about battling that cock or going oh, on tour to find his penis, his lost Cthulhu fish. So there's one out there. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Gore also said one of the craziest things they ever did was six months after the Virginia Tech shooting, they play a show in Virginia, probably six miles away from the university, and have a guy come out dressed like the shooter, holding two pistols, shooting at the crowd, and one of the slaves is sitting there taking tallies, and he says, he's going for, he's going for the record, y'all, and then Gore comes out and kills that guy. Like, the whole band just attacks him and rips him to shreds. And there's fucking cops there just staring at Gwar the entire time. He's probably the dumbest thing they've ever done. <laughs> that's pretty... Yeah. That's a little insensitive. Yeah. But, again, bringing out these... Uh, which they are saying these are the most evilest things in the world. And Gwar will eat them and destroy them. So anyone that they bring out is kind of like someone they're going to eat and destroy. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to kill this guy. Like, Gwar's not about... Those people, they're not about Trump. They're not about like Hillary Clinton. They don't have that kind of political agenda or they don't believe in those things. They're war. They want to take over the world and they're going to eat all the things that are in their way. And yeah, it's just being from Virginia, you know, that tragedy happened. Uh, they just thought it, it, everyone ended up laughing at the end of it. You know, it was pretty like, whoa, everyone kind of freaked out at first. Even the cops like hands on guns here, like motherfucker. To at the end, like after war, ripping him apart and blood being sprayed everywhere, everyone laughing about it. Yeah. I kind of have a good time. But <laughs> again, kind Beefy. of whoa. Oh, a little too, too soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen Odorous read Goodnight Moon? Actually, I think I have seen a clip <laughs> of that. Like it's all the, the funny things <laughs> that they do or them appearing on like these media yeah yeah. uh tv talk shows oh my god i think there's been two or three of those um i've seen a video of them at like south by like five years ago oh oh what's up what's up we have uh just someone walking through y'all um and them just walking around in like full costumes kind of like not really harassing the crowd but kind of like interacting with the crowd this is like before they played every Back in the day, Gore used to come to like South by all the time and just play a free show. Just 
find a venue that would have Gwar fucking let Gwar set up and play a fucking free Gwar show for everyone during South by. Um, I just fucking love their um, their energy, their whole comedic vibe, and they've always been the nicest people. Um, shout out to my sister Jeannie, uh, she, who lived in uh, lived in Virginia her whole life. I moved down there for a while. A lot of Gwar fans down there, dude. A lot of Gwar fans. Um, but she said she got to meet Odorous or Dave Brocky one time, one of the two. I don't know if he was in costume. But, um, you know, he's over there talking to this girl. And my sister comes up. She's probably like 17. He's like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Can you sign this? And he turns around and was just the nicest person in the whole world. Fucking signed, you know, gave her an autograph, fucking a hug. And then immediately went back to talking to that girl. Just like, hey, baby. You know, it's like mm-hmm. just the nicest, most genuine people. Uh, fucking... Shout out to Dave Brocky, rest in peace, and fucking um, Corey um, Smoot. Am I getting his name right? Yeah, that's good. R.I.P. <laughs> um, amazing fucking guitar player. Uh, you can remember him also from the band Rigor Mortis, which has Mike uh, Sketcho, uh, Mike from Ministry, the guitar player that passed away as well. Um, you know, being the two guitar players in Rigor Mortis. Um, fucking pretty awesome like there's there's your crossover right there between mm-hmm. ministry and war uh, ministry and war if you will it being uh rigor mortis uh definitely go listen to rigor mortis it's worth your time i i fucking can only say good things about that band um and then i already said this uh, go fucking check out their youtube page they have so many things I swear to God, I, I'm gonna fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna rent a studio. I'm gonna go get a fucking studio. Okay, um, another thing I wanted to talk about um, before we wrap this up was the AV Club. Have you ever seen this, Chris? I've heard of the AV Club. So it's uh, that YouTube channel, yeah. right? And um, they're very harsh right. critics. Oh, I'm, I'm not even sure. I, I know they. What I always watch on them is they have this list of cover songs and they have a band come in and cover this song, like just some random band, you know? Oh. Yeah. And uh, they'll pick a a song to cover and every time a band picks a song off that list, they cross it out so the list gets smaller and smaller. And War comes in every year and picks a song off the list. By the time they get there, it's kind of like down to nothing, what they always say. But they have some amazing covers that they do. Like again, Gore is very is a very talented band of musicians, not just clever, well thought out stage show. Um, some of my favorites are like the Kansas Carry On Wayward Son, mm. fucking amazing. Cause they that one they kind of just like remix and break down, and then uh, Billy Ocean get at, get into my car, which that one they turned into halfway through the song, Teenage Wasteland. Because it kind of has the same, like, tempo or tuning or something. I'm not mm. musically clever when it comes to that, but they just bring it immediately into Teenage Wasteland from uh, Billy Ocean's Get Into My Car. Like, just bring it in That's flawlessly. Cool. They also did it with uh, uh, West End Girls, the Pet Shop Boys, and brought it straight into that, I believe it's a Johnny Thunder song, uh, People Who Die. And then they, yeah, they talk about uh, some of their fallen bandmates and stuff like that. It was very, very sweet thing, you know, a tribute to Odorous. That's cool. Yeah, uh, my God, uh, the ACDC one, If You Want Blood, this is like during the election. 
So it's like they had a, you know, fucking a, a Hillary Clinton and a fucking <laughs> Trump come out and rip each other to That's shreds cool. as they play. If you want blood, you got it, babe. It's like I would suggest checking out all their cover songs. They always do an amazing performance on these uh, studio live takes. It it really just shows you like, man, they're going to sound like this when you go see them live. You know, like the tracks we've been playing, it sounds just like that when I go see them live. I've seen War live about five times. So I couldn't suggest more. So like to go and to see a Gwar show. It. Yeah. Everyone needs to do it before you die. It's it's definitely it's a bucket list thing. You're a music fan, you you're someone that's like, I like going to see live music. Well then you need to go fucking see Gwar because that's <laughs> one of those experiences that you'll remember forever, you know? And um, <laughs> I remember you ever be like in a mosh pit and just like exhausted, right? It's so hot in there. You're like, I'm going to fucking pass out. At a war show, dude, so refreshing. Just so much piss and blood and piss. Oh, my God. <laughs> and shit and vomit. It's not uh, just being sprayed on you constantly. It is fucking amazing. Uh, we're definitely going to go. And um, any final thoughts before we end it? Because I can't wait to get to more Gore albums, to be honest. Uh, dive a little bit deeper when it comes to some of these other albums, because they're all a concept album. Every album is a concept album when it comes to Gore. Every Gore album is a story. Every tour is an event, you know? It's everything's well thought out. Everything's planned out. These are not just random songs. So I can't wait to get into other albums so we can deep diver, like deep diver into that. Oh my God. I just found, I found the fucking podcast. Name. Holy diver. Deep, deep diver podcast. Deep diver. The deep diver podcast. Deep, deep diver. Yeah. All right. Oh, we had that holy diver fucking just album just dun, dun, ripped dun, dun, fucking dun, dun, straight dun, dun, off. Yeah. Deep be amazing. diver. Uh, any uh, final thoughts? Oh, no. It was a good no? one. Um, I was at Conflict on which songs to play here at the end, just because I love all these songs. Um, I was really torn apart between War Party and You Can't Kill Terror. Um, again, go and listen to this full album if you haven't heard it. Uh, start it from beginning to end. It really it flows, man. It, it goes. It's really fucking fast. Everything's super entertaining. There's really nothing that slows down too much on this album, in my opinion. There might be a few, it all picks up, don't, don't worry. Um, but I think we're going to go War Party because it kind of just explains the album a little bit. You yeah, know, it's the subtitled, yeah. And it's a great fucking song. And again, thanks, y'all. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember to follow us on all the social media platforms. You can also follow me at Scott133Allen um, on Instagram. You can find all my things going on. I got three bands. I got this <laughs> podcast. I got other interviews and other shows. And you can find us at uh, Bangover Productions. Yeah. At uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Bangover, one word. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, so. Let's start the war party. Yeah, let's get to it. Oh. I'm not to inspire. I'm taking a name and I can't just make it safe. I'll join the war party. 
Hey! 